Hello there, and thanks so much for supporting the Music Career Show. My aim with this podcast is to help as many people as I can turn their passion for music into a career that can support them and their family by speaking to people who have actually done it and finding out how they've done it. With this in mind, I have developed my music career roadmap. This is a fully comprehensive and detailed step-by-step guide of how you can go from dreaming about your ideal career to actually implementing and living that dream. It is yours to download for free and can be found in the description of this episode. If you would like any support at any stage of your music career, you can reach out to me via email at barry at oneladmusic.com. I wish you all the best of luck and I hope you enjoy this week's episode of the Music Career Show. Welcome to the Music Career Show, telling you the stories of the world's best professional musicians. Hello there and welcome to the Music Career Show. My name is Barry and every week I'll be speaking with incredible musicians from all over the world about how they've honed their craft and made a career out of doing what they love the most. If you're a new listener, then while you still have your device in your hand, please take a second to subscribe and tell your friends all about the Music Career Show. Hello there everybody and welcome back to the Music Career Show. So just in case you're new here, hello there, my name is Barry Carroll and every week I dive into the secrets of building a successful career in music with amazing musicians and music professionals from all over the world. My aim is to get you inspired real life stories and learn from industry insiders so that you can make music work. Please subscribe, review and share the podcast so that I can help you unlock your potential as a professional musician and, I, and then you'll also help me share the love as far and wide as possible. Perhaps if you are a musician out there in the world stuck in a nine to five lifestyle even, then don't miss out on my free music teacher roadmap. This is a step-by-step guide of the exact steps, exact steps even, I took to build my business and make music work for me. And you'll find that in the description of this episode. Or if you so please, you can head over to onelabmusic.com forward slash roadmap. And now, as I always say, as now that we've gotten all the housekeeping out of the way, today I have an absolute rock star in the world of music teachers. He once ran his own music school and built it up to over 2,000 weekly students. 2,000 weekly students. When I read that, I genuinely didn't think it was it was, it was was true uh, to begin with years ago when I, when I first came across him, but it is, it, it is true and he is absolutely class of what he does. And now his main focus is to teach music school operators and businesses throughout the world exactly how he did just that. He was one of my biggest influences when I started out my own teaching business over two years ago and was one of the very, very first names on my list of people to interview when I started the podcast. So I'm delighted to have with me tonight at 10 to midnight because he lives in New Zealand, Mr. Johnny Wilson. Johnny, how in the hell are you? Oh, I'm awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Barry. And um, thanks for all the kind words you shared. Yeah, uh, awesome to be here. Great stuff. Great stuff all together. So, Johnny, for people that may not have heard of you just yet, why don't you introduce yourself to us all and tell us what it is you do? Yeah, sure. So my name's Johnny Wilson. I'm a drummer. I started um, teaching my way through university to pay the bills. So teaching private drum students one-on-one. And then I, after university, decided to build a music school. And that grew from my little teaching roster of, you know, 15, 20 students. I grew it up to about 2,000 students and then uh, started helping other music schools around the world, show them how we built such a, you know, large school and won a few awards and things like that. And so I set up Build a Music School where I took 
all the millions of dollars worth of lessons and tools and things that we'd had to go through and build and um, give them to teachers and music schools all over the world. So we have about, um, yeah, we've got three, I don't know, three or 400 music schools in 20 countries that we work with. And so I'm there all day helping them out and helping them grow amazing music schools that not only provide, you know, freedom and a great job and business for these people, but changing thousands of kids' lives. So I absolutely love it. Amazing. That's absolutely fantastic. I love it. Let's reverse back a little bit. And I'm going to ask you, where did music start for you? Yeah, good question. So I think for me, I the first time I played the drums was I went away to a cousin's house and they had a, a drum kit and they weren't very good at the drums. But within a few, you know, an hour or something, I could play, you know, rock beat one. And then and then I just, just wanted to play drums nonstop. And so that's kind of where it started. And then I got back to, um, funny story, actually, I got back to, uh, it was what we call intermediate school here. So about 11 years old. And the opportunity came up to sign up for instruments at school. And so I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to play the drums. And so I went home and I said, Mom, Dad, here's the enrollment form. Can I sign up to learn the drums? And I was so excited. And they said, no, we don't want a drummer. <laughs> and so oh, I was so disappointed. But I realized that the lessons at the school were actually um, free. Uh, and so I just signed up anyway. And so I learned, <laughs> yeah, so I learned the drums for free at school, which was really great for, I don't know, it must be in about six months. And my um, my dad was like the the pianist in um like little church band that we were going to at the time. And I'd, I'd tag along to a, like a Thursday night music practice. And one, one Thursday night, there was no drummer there. And so um, they were like, oh, we don't have a drummer. And I said, oh, I can play the drums. And my dad goes, no, you can't. And I go, yeah, I can. I've been learning at school. <laughs> and so I got up and I tapped along to these songs. And um, from then he's like, took it seriously. He was like, oh, well, we should, you know, we should invest in lessons and help you get a drum kit. And, and the rest is history. Excellent. What was that first drum kit that you got? I got a, a red Premier Olympic, it was called, with horrible sounding cymbals okay. and tuned badly with big ang- toms on big ugly angles. Uh, but I just, I would, yes. I would get home from school each day into high school and I had three or four albums that I loved. So it was like Rage Against the Machine, The Offspring, Nirvana. And I would just crank the stereo full bore and I'd just play along to these songs with the windows open until my parents got home. <laughs> and the neighbors probably hated me. Uh, but man, that's how I started. I loved it. I love it. Yeah. If you were listening to, Nir- to Nirvana, so were the, the neighbors. I love it. Yeah, Great yeah. stuff all together. So, so yeah. So, so you were 11 years old and you, you were playing away with, with, with your dad eventually after he took it seriously and you got your dad Premier Olympic kit. And that's, that's fantastic. You started then when you were in high school, secondary school, whatever uh, you, you call it in um, New Zealand. Uh, bands and stuff must have came along fairly soon after, did it? Yeah, yeah. So um, my my favorite music style back then was um, punk rock. So more well, like the fast Californian sort of skate punk rock stuff, no effects and strung out and yeah. all these sorts of bands. So that my my two loves were yeah basically playing punk rock music and and I did really enjoy the church and the gospel music as well um but punk rock was kind of the favorite and that band that I had from when I was sort of 16 years old we're all actually about to turn 40 next year and so we've actually we haven't played for 15 years we've actually just gotten back together to do a reunion show for our 40th birthday so 
Uh, we've got a practice tonight. Actually, we've had we've had one, and so that's another really cool um, moment at the moment. That's class. And how, how, are are you rusty or are you all still in good enough, Nick? Uh, it was it was a bit rusty. Um, I think I've probably kept up my musical chops the best out of them, but because it's been a career. But uh, we'll we'll sound good. Yeah. We've got like nine months to make it make a good show. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Aye. yeah. So, so like rock bands and punk bands and church bands. That was kind of the early stuff, and then I ended up doing a music degree, and then getting into more of the jazz stuff and Latin and covers and all all the good things that you've probably done as well. Yeah, very good. Yeah, well, it 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 it, it that that kind of leads me into the into the next section was that I, I wanted to know was that was teaching always on the cards for you or did you have and, and and I mean this in 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 the the most respectful way mm. possible. Did you have bigger aspirations? Did you want to go on and be the next John Bonham, or did you want? Were you happy enough just teaching away and ticking away? Or what was on what was on the cards? Yeah, good question. So there were a few um, key moments. So so when I was a teenager, all I wanted to do was play drums and playing you know punk shows and stuff like that. It was the most exciting time ever. And so if I could do that for a job, mm. then that's what I wanted to do. And you think that it's possible when you're 16 and in New Zealand, that's, it's not really possible. You've got to go overseas to bigger audiences, but um, I, you know, as you start, you know, stepping into university and things, I, um, I had a teacher who taught me the drums and I'd gone from basically being like a failed high school student where I, all I wanted to do was music. So I just didn't try it anything else. I kind of failed or scraped through. And so I had this music teacher yep, that, same here. yep. And it's such a common thing for so many musicians. Yep. And so when mm-hmm. I finally figured out like, oh, you can actually do a music degree. So you might as well do something that you're passionate about and choose a career. So I chose music with no mm-hmm. idea of what I was going to do with it. But that that teacher had, um, his name was Chris Opie. He had basically mentored me and taught me, you know, how to be a great drummer um, how to play all these styles of music and get gigs, but also how to be a good leader. And that was really important. So as I basically went from being a failed high school student to getting, you know, a lot of A's and, you know, graduating really well, I basically looked at my life and was like, wow, this guy changed my life. And that was the coolest thing ever. I'm like, if I could do that for other young people, that would make me really happy. And so that was the first big moment. And then the other one I remember I I was teaching the sort of you know 30 40 students and we got this this gig where my band was playing at one of those big sort of Christmas in the park events and there might have been I don't know five ten thousand people and I'd played and you know and I, I did well and there was a moment where I did a big drum solo and everyone clapped and you know this like kind of cool moment where it should be super exciting and I was just like ah oh, this is this is just whatever, you know, oh, I wonder what I'll have for dinner after this. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I didn't care. And then I had bargained to get a spot where I got to get four of my best drum students um, in the show to do a big drum solo thing. And they did this big four snare drum percussion with cowbells and funky Latin rhythms and movements and stick tricks. And it was really cool. And they were super nervous and excited. And they got up and it was amazing. And then all the teenage girls wanted to talk to them afterwards and they were just having the time of their lives. And that moment just clicked for me. Me, I was like, I loved seeing them have that opportunity a thousand times more than what I just yeah. got to do. And they wanted to be me and I would rather have, you know, what they just had. 
So I was like, I yeah. think I'm born for this. And I chased it. Good stuff. So how did you start out? That, 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 just, just, just to touch on that, that is absolutely uh, amazing that uh, me and you have the... It, it, first of all, that sounds like an amazing experience for you. And the fact that you remember it in such detail, it obviously was such uh, like a prominent thing mm. and uh, like like basically a turning point. But I, I completely agree with you. I am at the stage now where I, I'm, I'm, I'm not done with gigging, but I'm over it. I've yeah. done it. I've done it so much. I'm over it. People are like, oh, you're, and I'm not bigging myself up, but people are like, oh, you're, you're, you're this, you're that, you're class, you're whatever. And it's like, I'm not class. I'm just very, very well practiced. <laughs> I just know what I'm doing. And it's, it's, it, I'm so over it. And like, like, like you're saying, when you have someone that is, you've shown them how to do something and they finally get it and they actually have an experience that you can see means an awful lot to them. That's far better than you having that experience um, yourself. So it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's lovely. Me and you are literally as far away in the world as I think it's possible to be. However, we're not that far, not that too far removed at all in that. Yeah. But, um, Love it. So when you started teaching, um, how did you do it? What 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 did you do first? Did you just start off going to students' houses? Did you rent a space? What did you start off doing? What was day one of teaching like for Johnny Wilson from Build a Music School? Yeah, so I actually filmed this video, um, which your people can grab free if they want to see it. And I I I showed exactly like where I started, going door to door, and then my journey up to you know kind of the million dollar building and the big flash space that everyone would love to have. And so it started, you know, door to door and, you know, you're just, <laughs> it's funny thinking back, like there was one family where, um, they would, they would buy me KFC for dinner as a family, like every time. So it wasn't like you just pop in for a half hour lesson. It was like a whole night affair. So you'd, you'd teach, I was two daughters, you'd teach one and then to teach the other, and then you'd have KFC and hang around for the, with the family for, for an hour and then, yeah. and then pop home. And that was, that was that. And you think. I, I don't know what I charged. I probably got something like $20 or $30 for that whole evening. And so yeah. it started door to door and then you realize, oh, there's there's more demand. People start telling friends. You start learning how to advertise. You go, oh, I've got to start taking this seriously. So, yeah, it started door to door and then eventually getting a space like like you've got, like a shed. And um, my shed yeah. was maybe slightly bigger, but I, I put egg cartons all over the walls. That was my very high-tech yeah. soundproofing. And then, and then it just sort yeah. of, it grew from there. So, how did you go then from from teaching door to door to actually getting students then to come to your students or come to your your studio or your shed? Because I know myself from from having done doing done that myself in my own business, an awful lot of my students were hesitant because a big part of my appeal, apart from the fact that it was they they liked me and the style of things that I done, a big part of it was the convenience factor in that I rocked up at their house they didn't need to do anything so taking that away was was a bit of a it was a bit of a reach for some of them so how did you manage to 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 overcome that yeah so you you pretty much have to decide that uh you're going to lose a bunch of people and that's okay that's the price you're going to pay to move forward in your career and that's going to happen with anything and so Mm. this comes to you know there's lots of principles in that you know learning to be able to say no so if uh i so I would have had, uh, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 students or something where I'm going door to door. And then you have to make a, uh, draw a line in the sand and say, hey, on this date, I'm going to be moving here. 
and you might have done like a you know like a trial one week and said hey instead of lessons happening uh you know door to door in two weeks time at your house it's going to be at my new studio so you can at least come check it out and then then you say hey from this week I'm going to be changing to this and it's okay if you you know if you don't want to carry on but this is what I'm doing so I I did it that way and I had to basically you know lose a bunch of students and that was okay because you just have to do some marketing and replace them with new students yeah and then so how did you like did you have any sort of security going into like I'd imagine you 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 were paying rent on a place and if you're happy enough well not happy enough but if, you, if you're kind of willing to take this calculated risk that fair enough you've got x amount of income over here that will support me in my new studio but if half of them drop off i still need to pay the studio i now have an overhead more than just me diesel or me whatever at ed, ed, other perishables a, a drum teacher might need so like how did you how did you go get around that did you just kind of accept it or well i was i was really lucky because i i I built a um a really popular covers band, so we we're playing bars and weddings and corporate events, and so I realised that mm. actually if I want to go from just being a private teacher to building a real business, not just having a job, um I yeah. I need to um you know just make this transition, invest money, um and double down on it, and so I actually just lived off the m- money I made from gigs, and so my music school um something I've talked about a few times, but not everyone knows is I I didn't pay myself a dollar for the first five years from the music school, from the teaching. So I had, I I was doing lots of covers gigs and, you know, I was paid pretty well for that. I didn't need the money from the music teaching. So I just invested every dollar into growing and it paid for things like, so it did pay me my, my cell phone and my petrol and, you know, other, you know, business expenses. So um, it wasn't like, Mm zero dollars but in terms of like taking an income i didn't i didn't take it for five years so that i could keep you know reinvesting so then um i had to work really hard so you'd you'd be gigging in evenings on top of a long Mm -hmm. day teaching but that was just what you did like to hustle and get to that next step yeah i i i know it's grueling i've Mm. been there i i i was Towards the end of 2021, I was easily doing about five or six gigs over a Friday and a Saturday, and as well as teaching 40 students a week. And I went to the wow. doctor because I was getting tendonitis in both of my hands. So neither of my hands were working right. And they were like, well, what do you do for a job? I said, well, I'm a guitarist. And they're like, what do you mean you're a guitarist? I said, well, I, 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 I teach and I play guitar. And they were like, okay, so how many students a week do you teach? I said, well, about 40. And I said, are you sitting down for all them playing guitar? And I was like, yeah. So you're playing guitar for up to five, six hours a day, plus about 16 hours extra over a weekend. It says, yeah, that's about right. And it says, well, no wonder you're falling apart. And I was yeah. like, well, I suppose when you put it like that. Um, but oh, it is, it's, it's, it's grueling. I, lo- I love hearing those stories with people that put that work in because, you know, we would never do it now because it's just like, you know, killing yourself. But it got you to that next yeah. level. So my, my mammoth day... My kind of like, you know, war trophy was I would I would go teach at the old high school I used to go to from from nine to three, I think it was. And then I would have an hour from three to four to race home, go bathroom, um, set up for private lessons. And I would teach from four to eight o'clock, I think, or maybe maybe seven, seven thirty that night. And then I'd pack down two drum kits. I'd pack down my jazz kit and my my rock kit, and I would go and play a jazz. It was like a I was the house drummer for a 
like a jazz jam night band. So, and I would, nice. I would go play that from, I think it might've been eight thirty till 10 30. And then, and then I'd pack down as fast as I could. Then I'd drive to this other bar called the big Coomera. And we would, uh, we would nice. play covers on student night. This is on a Wednesday night and would play from 1130 PM till 3am. So I'd, I do. I did that every Wednesday for I don't know six to twelve months, and so in that day you've worked from you know arriving at the school quarter to nine and getting home at about you know four a.m. Yeah. and I got to sleep in the next day. But that's the sort of like crazy yeah. work stuff that I did because um, I was just young, yeah, yeah. Fit, we, we, going for it. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't. It, it it's one of those things, and I I always say this to 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 my clients that I work with is that you don't feel like people are always like, oh, but sure, I'm not going to burn out. Just grand, sure, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I don't really work. I just kind of have the crack and play guitar. It's like, yeah, but there are those times where there is there's too much of a good thing. I used to do a similar thing every second Saturday when I started out first. I ended up getting um very busy very very quick and I think it was just because I'm kind of when I say I'm kind of known, people know me from from playing locally. And when they heard, "Oh, just Barry from that that pub, he's 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 teaching guitar now. So I'll send John to te- to learn guitar and whatever." So I think that had an awful lot to do with it. I ended up taking on every second Saturday, which I didn't really want to do. But there was one Saturday, and I think it was the Saturday that kind of there was the straw that broke the camel's back. That I was <laughs> teaching nine o'clock in the morning until say twelve, half twelve in the afternoon. Went in, got a shower, got a spot of lunch. Went and done my first gig, three till six. Went and done my second gig, seven till nine. Third gig, half nine to half twelve. Fourth gig, half, fourth gig would have been one till close enough to three. So same as yourself, wow. nine in the morning. I didn't do that every week. Now, in fairness, I, I, I tell you, if I had done that every week, I wouldn't be here to tell the tale. But yeah. I done it one day, and I think that was enough to because that was that was four gigs on the bounce after an entire full week of teaching, and I was gigging twice the night before as well. And it was, um, yeah, your hands are just, yeah. Ah, you're everything hurts. You're yeah, absolute yeah. everything hurts. See when you when I eventually crawled into bed or whatever time it was the next morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's are going, and it is. It's one of those things where it didn't occur to me that you are actually doing yourself more damage than good. You're 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 paying off today with tomorrow and the day after and the day after and the day after. Yeah. Um. So there's a, a handy little tip at the midway point. Look after yourselves, lads, and yourself will look after you. Yeah, so there we go. So that, that there we go. So compounds in your life, right? So you receive the benefits mm. um, later on, but the, but you got to leverage that work and those hard yards that you put in to reinvest it into moving forward. Otherwise, you end up just doing that for life, and you're trapped. Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you move um, from just being a, a, a solo, a solo uh, just music teacher, just drum teacher, to then hiring your your first staff member? And who was it? Yeah, cool. So uh, I mentioned that big Coomera bar that I was playing in, the student bar. And one night I was playing, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was probably one or two in the morning, and on a weeknight, you know. And there was another, mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of, actually, like Irish bars are really popular here in New Zealand. And so uh, just yep. up the road, another Irish bar that we, we played in, all, all the covers bands were friends back then. And so on your break, sometimes you just walk down the road to the next bar and see 
see the other bands. And so on one of these nights, um, one of the bands playing at the, I, the Irish bar just up the road came down and watched us on their break. And as I looked out, I was, I was just playing, playing the song and I was staring at the bass player. His name was Martin and he was old enough to be my dad. And he also yeah. was doing the exact same thing that I was doing old enough to be my dad. He was teaching in schools and playing gigs and I had a similar experience with another musician locally called Lee. And I was like, these guys are old enough to be my dad. If I don't change something in my life, that's going to be my future. I'm just doing what they're already doing. They might have 30 years experience, but really we're both here getting paid the same amount to do the same thing. So they've actually got, you know, one year's experience in this industry 30 times over. And so that was a big moment where I'm mm. like, man, I, I do not want to be doing this when I'm 50, 60 years old. So I, I, that was one of the things where I thought, hey, I need, a, I need to build a real business and build a music school. And so when you ask about the first student, I had my top student at the time, was his name was Nathan. He was about to go. I'd prepared him to get into the local music school to do a jazz degree. Uh, and so instead of him, you know, working in a supermarket or McDonald's or something, uh, I prepped him mm. to be, you know, a private teacher and work under me. And I had a waiting list Brilliant. of about 15 students. And so it was really simple. You can't learn with me, but I've got this, uh, you know, this teacher, Nathan, who's amazing. I've handpicked him, trained him up. And so it was a real win-win. He had an amazing job. He was getting paid, you know, maybe twice as much as his student fellow students were getting in their sort of crappy student jobs. And from yeah. there, um, yeah, we just added teachers. You just added teachers. And then did you just like, I, I'd imagine you would have outgrown your shed very, very quick. Yeah, we did. So um, we were, we started in this old, um, this old place. It was like an old war hospital that had been sort of renovated and turned into a function center, but half the buildings were super flash and half were super old and either going to be torn down or restored. So we got access really cheap to these old sheds and, and they were, they were they were perfect for what we needed, but they were crap. We didn't have a we didn't have a bathroom. We'd have to go pee in the bushes. Um, we had, uh, oh, you know, the odd mouse would run up the wall in the middle of a lesson. Uh, if there was heavy rain, a, a puddle would like form, you know, like half a meter into the doorway. You know, it was it was real humble yeah. beginnings, you know. And um, so we started yeah. this old shed, filled up, filled that up, and then there was another old shed that was even worse. And so I think I went and got a, a bank loan. I can't remember what it was. It was like five, maybe $5,000 or something. And it, it allowed me to hire a builder friend to, you know, put walls on this thing and insulation and carpet and lights and egg cartons. And now we had two rooms. And so that that's how it started. Okay. So again, that was like taking money that you had and earned and reinvesting it into the next thing rather than just taking it yourself. Okay, that was I, I literally made a note as you were talk as as you were you were going through that because I was thinking it was like as as someone that is a music school owner and operator and I'm really happy with, with where my music school is and I'm really proud of the music school that that myself and my team have built. Yeah, but someone else out there that wouldn't have the same sort of assurances of of themselves and sort of confidence in themselves and their abilities and what they've achieved and someone that might be the, just that little bit more kind of um, careful with money is probably not the way to say it, but kind of more wary of spending money. I was going to ask about how do you then kind of 
ensure your security when you're when you're expanding like that um for rent and stuff and you, you kind of just answered it with like a, a bank loan but is was that the only way you did it or again are you just going and just sort of taking a leap of faith knowing that you've put the work in and hoping for the best yeah so um are you asking like how do i you know take take risks um is that what you're asking kind of or- yeah i yeah, I, I, I think, I think, I think what I'm, what I'm asking in a very, very roundabout and and probably awkward way, is if someone else was was to go and do that in 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 your in someone someone else sort of in your in in the position that you were in is wanting to take that next step, and the next step is to improve the premises that they are in, but they don't have they don't necessarily have the resources to do it. What yep. would you advise them to do? <clears throat> yeah, so if you think about like growth in terms of uh, imagine like a slope, you know, you start at this point and it just slopes upwards nice and tidy. That would be amazing if that's how things grew, right? But it doesn't grow that way. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a staircase. And so what you need to realize is currently you're on one of those stairs on the staircase. And to get to the next stair, it's actually just a big step up, right? And it feels daunting and scary. Mm. Um, but once you get there, you've got over that step and then it's smooth sailing flat for a while until the next one. And so you need to basically, you know, decide like, do I want to get to that next step? And then how am I going to do it? And you, you pretty much have to look at, um, are you going to do it with time, sweat and hard work, or are you going to do it with, with money or with connections and you just got to figure out how how you're going to do it and it just means different seasons you're just going to have to really work harder so if you know that the only way you're going to be able to pull off that next step is you've got no money and so you just have to generate extra money and you're going to have to do that by working harder in your current format Um, although there's plenty of ways you can think outside the box you you have to raise the money and be disciplined to set that aside and work towards a target to do that so I think that's the first thing is that you've got to figure out how to raise the extra money now now one of the things that most musicians kind of struggle with is thinking outside the box and just having kind of the you know the guts and confidence to just step out and try something different so for instance if I thought Mm. about you know the way that I did it back then it was really slow it was kind of well, I, ha- I have one offer. I offer 30-minute drum lessons and I charge whatever $30 and Nathan gets $15 and I pay some taxes and whatever's left is for me to cover all the expenses. That was really slow. So if I needed to raise another $5,000 to do something, um, it was going to take a long time. Whereas today, I, knowing what I know now, I'd do it radically different. You'd, you'd figure out, well, how how could I raise, you know, $5,000 in one month or um, two weeks? And you'd think through, well, what sort of events or workshops or special things could I put on that would raise that money? What sort of what sort of package could I sell? What sort of, you know, um, I don't know, just something totally different that would speed it up. So you're trying to figure out how do I get there faster? And then the second thing is around the risk stuff. And so you're looking at, well, how can mm. I minimize the risks? If I'm scared of taking steps and I just want to, um, you know, just make sure it's really safe. Well, you you look at the the thing you're trying to do and you, you see, well, are there ways to, you know, one saying I got from Jim Collins, a business writer, is can you fire bullets before cannon, cannonballs? So basically, it's, is there a way to test something uh, before you actually just go all in on it? So, for instance, if you wanted to test yeah. um, 
you know, let's say you want to build an extra extension to your shed so that you can host a ban ban class. Well, you don't go and spend another yeah. five grand extending your shed and then launching bands. You go you go find a community hall or a church or a, a school classroom or something that you can hire for one Saturday for a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks and then you run a special band thing and then you ask everyone, Hey, would you like to have this every week? Cool. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna pre sell it. You pay up front so that I can afford to do this thing and it will kick off here uh, in three months or one month. So that's a way you would fire a bullet. You make a test and then you can pre sell it or um, you know, let people experience it, survey, get interest. So that's that's an example. And so there's lots of ways you can reduce risk, but that would be the biggest one. Okay. That's after giving me a bit of a, a masterclass in things that I never, ever, <laughs> ever would have thought of. Um, yeah, I suppose it's, 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 it's a horse before the cart sort of thing. But um, yeah, I often find that nowadays in, in, in like the kind of the TikTok generation that we're in, even if we're not the TikTok generation, I am not the TikTok generation, but I buy jizz, I make use of TikTok. I love TikTok. And I really feel like it has made us sort of just take leave of our common sense um, in, in, in that we just sort of, I'm quite an impulsive person as it is. So it, it doesn't help um, that I've got all this extra other stuff going going on to make me even more impulsive but yeah we, we tend to take leave of our senses and just like not actually think about the most sensible way of doing things and um yeah i think that that that, that is a, a its own mini little master class so speaking about that sort of thing then um what are some of the most like common mistakes that new music school owners will make you must you must have come across the same mistake a million times over. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the first one is just choosing the wrong model. Uh, if you think about how most people even teach, well, they teach the way that they were taught, and they just assume that's how you teach. Mm. So they never bother to go do any actual teacher training. And I don't mean go get a teacher's degree. I just mean do some mm. sort of training, like take an online course or read a book or you know, go shadow an amazing mm. teacher for a day and take notes. Um, so the same thing happens with business models. So they go, well, my teacher taught me 30-minute, half-hour lessons for you know whatever, 20 pounds. So, hey, I'm just going to do the same thing. And those days are gone, mm. man. That's, that's the worst, like door-to-door and just one-on-one half-hour lessons is like one of the slowest ways – um, to build a business and um, yeah, rarely ever works on a big scale. So the first thing is like getting the right model and there's so much I could say here, but um, one of the amazing tools that you can get for free on the buildamusicschool.com website is, um, I can't remember the, the number of models, but we did this full on, you know, deep dive into all the different types of models for music teaching. And we- I think it was Tarty. Is it 30? Yeah. And so you can check that out and it, and it grades them on all the things that matter for you. Like, is it, how hard is it to implement? How, how well does it scale? Like how much time is it going to take you? Um, how much income will it make you? There's all these categories and it asks you a bunch of life questions to think about yourself, you know, or do you want to travel the world one day or do you want to stay in your hometown? Well, based on that, you might choose a different model. So I think that's the first one in so so many people come and join our program we fix the model first and then now they've got the ladder leaned up against the right building they start climbing and they yeah, yeah make massive traction so say for example there was a, a music school out there 
that had uh, a number of shooters that were door-to-door and pretty much one-to-one. How would you go about fixing that model? What's broken about that and what <coughs> is the solution? Yeah, so the door-to-door thing, um, I think that is actually one, like, unless you charge a massive premium, it's like literally the worst model <laughs> because you've got you've mm-hmm. got travel time booked in there. Um You've mm-hmm. got rising fuel costs. Uh, the only benefit, oh, yeah. the only benefit is you don't have uh, rent to pay someone else. I think, mm-hmm. um, and people, you know, it's it's convenient for people, so they they like that. Um, what I would do, and what we've seen loads of people do, is you basically have to do a Google pin drop, and so you load in all your students into. There's a little app on Google. It'll just uh, load in all their addresses, drop all the pins, and then you basically have a radius of where your students are. You look for kind of a common area and go, okay, well, if I had a studio about here, everyone would be within a 12 minute drive. Great. So you get in your car and you literally go for a drive and you just look and see what's in the area, and you just write everything down or go door knocking. So you're like, well, you know, we we ended up at. Um, uh, in multiple places and in that video I talked about where I filmed the whole journey and we go out in the car at one point we were in like an old uh, race course and there was a building in there and so I taught there for a little while um, there are rooms there's um, there's community halls there's churches there's scouts and girl guide halls there's um, there's businesses that that um, might be open to certain spaces there's there's schools, there's, uh, you know, there's so many things. You just got to get out and drive and, you know, just, oh, what's down this this driveway? Or <laughs> go have a look in this industrial area. Um, so that, that's one of the things I do to then pivot and move everyone to a, a location. Um, the other one is um, I'm working with a member who I won't name because she's just about to sell her music school. She basically hires, oh. yeah, scout, like um, scout halls. And so she she mm-hmm. made like a little trailer, I think it was, with all the equipment. And so they just drive to these halls, yeah. set up, pay them a fee, and then leave. So you're trying, even though it's not her own space, it's a step closer to getting that. Um, so you've got to just get out of a broken model because there's no way to scale a broken model and get out of the pain it's causing you if you... Uh, grew it to be five ten times the size it's just going to be five ten times the pain so you just got to make that plunge and yeah build a plan to transition okay fair enough you may have guessed that that is my model <laughs> yep. so um well, yeah feel free to ask me as many is, questions it, as you want well well, the- well I, t- I tell you what then let's let let's as an experiment if 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 you're okay with this, that's as an experiment. Would you be able to do a, a quick sweep over my business as a case study for anybody out there that is is thinking of doing <coughs> what I've done, potentially thinking of doing what you're done, potentially thinking of just starting their own business from scratch, and maybe to avoid some of the things that I've done wrong, or or some of the things that uh, do you know what I mean? So what 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 do you need to know about my business in order uh, to to give a a, a a, a sweep over yeah cool well let me just give one like positive uh thing that could that just so i'm not not totally trashing it because what you've built still it's still oh. a great thing but uh, it's a great stepping yeah. stone to an even better thing one thing i would say is that uh, some people have pivoted from that model 
to basically building it like a uh, how would you describe it? like an agent sort of marketplace where they basically facilitate the the websites you know charge a, a fee for getting students you would have seen this sort of thing right so there's people that have pivoted yeah, 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 yeah. in that area and that can do well the problem is a lot of those teachers just want to fill their fill their spots and then they disconnect from the service so um it doesn't yeah. have that lifetime value so the first thing i guess i would ask you is um what is uh what is the dream for you like what do you um and, and you can be as personal as you want to be here like in terms of when you think of what am i actually building towards like what do i wish my business was like do you do you have a clear vision of what you want to build and why uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I suppose I've kind of in the past six months or so lost track of what my original vision was because I had so much other things taken over my time. I personally don't teach that much anymore. I do an awful lot of podcasting. I do an awful yeah. lot of coaching for other musicians that want to get out of working in shite jobs that they have no interest in. But if I was to go back and think about what actually motivated me to to start was I was working at another music school and who are no longer there anymore. And I just wanted to, I wanted to better them in every single way. I wanted to show them that I was the smart one, that I knew better than them. And I think I've, 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 I've fulfilled that a million times over in my head for whatever pettiness it was worth. But I think in, yeah. in reality, as, as, as a real kind of achievable goal, first of all, I wanted to build the most reputable music school in the Northeast. Now that doesn't necessarily mean the biggest. It doesn't necessarily mean anything like that, but it does mean the best and the kind of the go-to school yep. in the Northeast of Scotland. So that, that's kind of the Aberdeen, Aberdeenshire area. And then build it up to the biggest one or the, the most reputable in Scotland, the rest of the UK and Ireland, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, until we take over the whole world. Amazing. That's probably not as realistic. Maybe maybe the northeast of Scotland is, is, is a more realistic goal. Okay. And so how many students and, and staff have you got at the moment? I have got a grand total of five tutors, only one of which is full-time, and he is also my super admin that does everything that doesn't need my face on it. Any uh, correspondence, scheduling, uh, onboarding, he takes care of all of it, and he is uh, the guitar uh, tutor as well I've got four others that are one of them is two of them are very much part-time two of them are not as much part-time but still quite part-time and in terms of student numbers I think we're sort of hovering between the 80 to 100 okay. there's a handy discrepancy between 80 and 100 but it's we've got some group lessons on the go <laughs> um, and it's always sort of it's it, 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 it fluctuates got it and um, is is that the biggest it's ever been, the eighty to a hundred? And how long yeah. how long have you been at that level? Uh, we've been at that level. I would say we've been at that level for the past two or well, since since the start of the year. So what? What's this? Four, Four months, months, I suppose. Okay, cool. So um, you've grown to that hundred students. For how long has it taken to get from zero to a hundred? Zero to a hundred a uh, year, year and a half. Okay, that's really good. Say 18 months to be conservative. And what would be the rough distance you think you're covering with students? Is it, um, you know, like 20 kilometers, 50 miles? What What's rough? rough uh, uh, on average, I'd say you could stick a 
15 mile radius from the center of Aberdeen around. So I don't know if that's the, <clears throat> if it's 15 miles from the center up and then down. So if it's a 30 mile radius or do, 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 you, know, do yeah. you know what I mean? 15 miles ish there thereabouts. Okay, cool. So, um, and I don't know if you want to talk about like what your income is from it and what your goal is, but maybe um, if you don't want to share that, what would be, you know, what you earn now, what would be kind of the goal in the next, you know, one to two years, uh, would it be to double, triple, one one point five x? I would say, I, I I would say within within five years. No, within three years, I would want to maybe five x. Okay, five x. Within, within the next year, if 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 I could double <coughs> within the next okay. year, well, let's go. Um, I feel like that would be that would be that would be a good achievable goal to set. Okay, and now. Um, you don't have a location at the moment. Is that part of a, a dream you would like to have or you definitely don't want to have? Well, one of my things when I started was that I wanted, I knew that the the door-to-door one-to-one model was broken, but it was the only model that I knew how to implement. And it's something that I, when I took on my first set of tutors, I always said to them that, I can't ever promise anything, but the only thing I can promise is that I would always work towards creating actual real employment for them. And real employment would mean not going around to students' houses. But as I said, it's the only kind of model I ever knew how to to implement. Um, so yes, in a long, very, very long-winded way, I, I think I would like to have a premises at some point. Okay. Well, if I was if I was working with you, we'd have a much longer conversation, and so there'd be lots of, you know, trickier questions to deep dive into. So take this with a grain of salt. But let me give mm-hmm. you, for the sake of being an interview on a podcast, let me give you a snapshot now, yeah. just with the information you have. If I was in your shoes, this is what I would do. I would either, yeah, let's say we want to work towards a studio. What I would do is I would say to the students, "Hey, we're going to get together." Um, one week in the month now is actually going to be band week. And so what we're going to do is we're going to not have lessons that week and we're all going to be placed into bands and that's going to happen on one day, maybe it's Saturday. And so you you'll get scheduled across a Saturday and you would find a venue, you know, a, a hall somewhere and you would schedule the students and the teachers come in and they run bands. Uh, so the students will get that connection, getting to know each other. Then, this is if you're, I assume you're sort of more a contemporary pop rock focus school rather than like a classical. Yeah. Class, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be different if you're doing like classical chamber music, you'd adjust this. But for you in your genre, it's perfect. So, so then I would be basically going, okay, this is the model I want to end up with is how do I get my tutors off the road so that they can do less of that stuff and I can scale faster. So one thing is you might, um, your studio you're in at the moment looks really awesome. Imagine if all the lessons didn't actually take place in their houses, maybe instead of an online one-on-one thing, you actually do it almost like a radio show. Like right now we're talking, the two of us, imagine there's 12 other students in the queue right now and you're like, Hey Johnny, how's it going? Hey, good. Um, Barry, I'm trying to work on this thing. Uh, you know, how to play rock beat one. Great. And you work with me to solve that problem. And the way that you talk is you're teaching me, but you're also addressing everyone else on the zoom call and helping them to get involved and learn that thing. Great. You know what to work on Johnny. Awesome. I want to see you at one of the next calls later this week, showing me that you can play that. Okay, cool. Next caller, Dave, how's it going? What are you working on? 
And so imagine if in, instead of, um, you know, all these 100 lessons going out into everyone's homes, you you mm. either reduce that down to those one a month and then the, another two weeks are actually, instead of 100, you know, hours being used up by your team, they actually come into your studio and they are scheduled in, you know, two-hour blocks and they teach and yeah. students can now log in unlimited and have access to you. So instead of half an hour a week, they're actually getting, you know, it might be access to 20 hours a week. So the program becomes more diversified. So they've got you um, teaching via the kind of call-in Zooms and they've got, they get way more yeah. access. They have the band week where they come in and, uh, you know, all perform together and work towards songs and concerts. The third thing is now you've freed up the, the teachers to do um, – less teaching and now they can build something that's more scalable so if they were coming into your studio you would identify as a team all right guys the the curriculum for this next quarter of the year or month is going to be these 10 songs that the student's going to work towards beginner intermediate advanced i need you to film tutorials on how to play all those songs so now our students have a library they can log into to get all the lessons and support they need they've got video calls they can tune in multiple times a week and they don't have to wait till the next lesson you may still include the you know one lesson to their house and you've got the band classes and you wrap it up with like monthly competitions and fun stuff so now that totally transforms your model. Then you get out. Then I would get out into all the schools. I would run like a one month um, promotion to do like an intro to music type program, uh, where they can uh, they can sign up and get a, a taste of what it's like at your your music school. And then I'd that hundred spots that you've got now, you could scale that to you know probably five hundred without needing to add a single team member or adding another hour of work. So that's a real snapshot, but that's yeah. what I would do. And you'd you'd double your income, like if you implemented it. Let's. I've seen people do it in about six months safely and smoothly. You double your income in six months. Okay, that's um, that sort of melted my brain a little bit. Yeah, well, that's, but in that's a good way. Get, in a, in a that's good why way. I get paid the big bucks from uh, music schools all around the world to solve their problems and and it's different for every studio so that was just taking the little bits of info you gave me okay very good well anyone out there um listening uh that is in the same position as me with uh now a completely broken music school that needs to be fixed <laughs> um there you go that's that's how you that's that's how you do yeah. it and I, I i don't i don't mean to sound skeptical about this but does I, I'm going to ask a really stupid question, like a really stupid yeah, do question. It. But that worked. That 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 really worked. Yeah, yeah. People people are on board with that. People are doing it. The the thing that you need to do is, and there's so much to this, but you need to frame everything in the benefit to the person. So you're probably thinking, oh, but I'm not getting four one on one sessions in a month. No, you're not but you're getting these other things that have massive benefits. And so you're explaining why this new thing is better to help them get the results that they want. So let's, I won't go into details for all of them, but you take something like, let's say the library of videos and things. Well, of course yeah. there's YouTube, which has got endless stuff, but it's overwhelming. People don't get the results. So you have to say, 
um, you don't just say, oh, you're going to get these lessons, this library, blah, blah, blah. You actually say, we've built this custom library of support resources, which is tailored to your development so that you never forget what you learned at lessons so that you have, um, you know, 24 seven support. You can also comment and chat below. So you've got 24 seven access to your teacher. Um, and so you don't ever run the risk of practicing something wrong um, because you can refer to that. You can ask questions, you can jump onto the calls and that's available 24-7 as opposed to waiting till next week when you got 30 minutes with me. So that's how you'd take one feature and you've got about, you know, five or 10 things that you can add and you, you explain them in a benefit way, not just a feature. So a feature is uh, a video library with 200 videos. That's just a feature. That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't tell me why that's important. So a good little line yeah. is to any feature that you write down, like let's say you wrote your own drum book and you want to give that to students. You, you say what, what the feature is. Hey, and so you get my, my yeah. three level drum book system and then you write so yeah. that, and then you fill in so that, and then what's the benefit so that you have everything that you need to go from rock beat one to being the, you know, uh, being able to play with any band in town confidently. That's the, ben okay, so you insert nice. a benefit. And, yeah, and this nice. is why this is how like the the best people um do well is and build successful teaching businesses and schools. It's not the best musicians; it's the best that can run the business, lead, and market, and explain why it's awesome. Right. Okay, that has uh yeah that 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 has kind of blown my mind a little bit. <laughs> It's again. It's one. It's one of those. It's 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 exactly what I'm saying. It's that like when you when you explain it like that, you're like, well, duh, that's so not obvious, but it's like when you think about it, it's so it's 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 downright sensible. So it is. Yeah, um, well, it's like when you go to, when you go yeah. to the doctor. You know, he he, you know, asks you a few questions, and then he'll go, oh, you need this medicine. You're like, oh, duh, of course I needed that. But it's the doctor's done as you know fifty thousand hours of you know being an expert in the field. And so I guess that's the sort of the similar thing for me is that I've I've had to do this, um, yeah. So you can diagnose it yeah. faster than people figuring it out on their own. Very good, very good. One of the questions I have written down here then is, uh, what is the quickest way to expand? But there's probably no real answer to that. Or just get someone that knows what to do. I can I can turn it into a good question with a good answer if you want me to. <laughs> Go on. What's the, what, what's the, what's the good question? What's the, what's the best way okay, to ask so this? So the quickest way for you to expand. Let's say that you've you've got unlimited space for students. So if you if a hundred students called you tomorrow, you could actually fit them in. So um, let's say yeah. that was the case. Fastest way to expand is a compelling offer. Is what we call it. And you can get our whole formula for this in um, at buildamusicschool.com. Go to module two. There's an incredible course like this. Um, this is how we we broke our record of signing up 155 students in one day. And we and we did over 100 students in a day, probably four or five times, um, and many other massive days. So basically, you need a compelling offer. And what most people do is they say, well, I teach singing. So I do 30 minute singing lessons and they're whatever, 25 pounds. And that's it. And that's my thing. Um, mm. And you just sign up and stick around forever until you've had enough and then you quit. You know, that's kind of the vibe of all music teachers. 
However, a compelling yeah. offer is like, hey, come in for my intro to singing program, program and you give it some cool name like, um, you know, um, you know, 30 days from shower to stage. Go from being a shower singer to someone who's actually going to perform a song on stage in 30 days. You know, if you are a heavy metal yeah. guitarist, it's like, um, I don't know, shred like a beast in 30 days. You know, go from, you know, you, you, you frame it in what's relevant for you. Um, and your style and skills. Yeah, of course. So you create a program that's only going to be, let's say, you know, we found it like a one month works the best, anything from two to four weeks or more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are going to give people a taste of like what you do, but you're going to wrap it around with all the coolest stuff you can offer. So you're going to, you know, you're going to give them a certificate when they finish that program. You're going to take a photo of that certificate, give them a, a chocolate bar or some candy to celebrate at the end. You're going to, um, perform some sort of item you know and just film a video so they got something to show and you know you can load it to a youtube clip for them and you're going to give them like a little workbook that they're going to work through for that month and it's um it's going to have your branding on it something kind of tangible um and certificate can be branded the same so you wrap around this whole thing we did an intro to music program so kids came in for five weeks and they would learn you know drums one week guitar one week ukulele bass singing they put it all together into a band at the end and it was just awesome so you need a compelling offer that draws people in what you should do every month is you should change up the offer so you add a bunch of bonuses which you just build into the the price so a popular one for us was movie tickets. So we'd go, hey, if you sign up this month, you get, and you list all those called a bon- all those bonuses and benefits in the program, plus two free movie tickets, and you've just added twenty bucks to the to the price for the month. You know, so it's a fixed term thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now parents are thinking, oh, okay, so I don't actually have to sign up forever. I sign up for this thing. We know all kids should at least give music a shot. So I'll give my yeah. kid a shot at this intro to vocal, intro to piano program, and then and then you market the right. hell out of that thing, and so that's that's one of the big secrets and tools. And if you want to see all the actual examples and resources, go check out module two at um yeah buildamusicschool.com. You can grab it for free. We'd love okay. you to stick around, but if you want to yeah. just take it and leave, if that's your your vibe, then whatever, that's cool. You go for it. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I find, I, I find myself completely forgetting that I'm 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 meant to be controlling the conversation here and making this interesting for people to listen. But I'm like, nah, nah, nah. You can all go entertain yourselves. I'm I, I'm I'm I, I'm in school here now. This is uh this 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 is fantastic. I can now see why I I I obviously I was aware of these uh these things before just through different um channels of communication that you uh have won various awards like business person. Sorry, I think I believe it was young business person of the year and local hero medals and all that kind of crack. Yeah, that was a real um yeah special moment and humbling experience. So the the awards sit in a in a box somewhere upstairs, but uh they were very cool moments in my life. Yeah. So what, what what so so the the local hero medal what was that about? Yeah, so I I had real passion to like use my skills to try and help kids that couldn't afford lessons, and so I set up a charitable trust where basically uh, I was convicted that there was you know all these you know rich kids were getting this amazing experience at our building, and uh, other kids were getting you know subpar sort of experiences elsewhere in poorer communities. So I thought, well, let's just bring them in busloads to our school and let's find money. And so I, yeah, over years, I raised about 700 grand in 
uh, funding for free lessons for kids that couldn't afford it. And so that charitable trust still runs today. Um, currently, I'm the I'm the chairman of the board for it. Um, I'm not running the day to day operations, but they continue to do yeah. great work and um, select kids through principals in uh, poorer community schools and pick them up on a bus on a Friday afternoon, bring them to the building for two or three hours of lessons and mentoring. And so doing all that charitable work and um, getting out there, it, it led to, um, yeah, my, my team nominating me for an award and writing an application and succeeding and getting this cool medal. Oh, that's wonderful. It's a great, it's a fantastic incentive. Absolutely fantastic incentive. I, at one stage, uh, this isn't something that actually very many people know, was that I, before I ever uh, moved to Scotland, before I ever even, about 10 years ago, my bandmate at the time was doing social work in college and he was to do um, some uh, work experience at uh, um, uh, uh, like a, like a center for, for for kids who had who had been either kicked out of school or had left school or yep. whatever, and that was part of his social work. But Kevin, being in the band and being a singer, he was trying to do some some music lessons with him. Now he didn't play any he didn't play any instrument. He's only actually literally this year, uh, his girlfriend, uh, his fiance, now he, he texts me over Christmas looking for recommendations for a guitar for him. So he's now living in Doha playing guitar in a band, uh, one of the biggest bands there. But anyway, back 10 years ago, he needed someone to play music. And I says, well, sure, look, I'll, I'll, I'll go do it. And now some of these kids, they were 14, 15, one of them was a dad at the time and he only 15, wow. 16. Huge drug problem. Loads of them had drug problems. Loads of them had just loads of social problems and just didn't have really great life expect uh, life out, out, expected life outcomes, I think was the, the term they, they used. I I'm probably getting that yeah. wrong now. Uh, the point I'm making, the difference that the music lessons made to their lives. And we put on a concert at the end. We recorded a CD. We put on the co a concert at the end of all um, kids. Play. I think we played Horse With No Name because it was two chords. And we had a guy playing cajon and we had them all singing. And there was one guy who played Tin Whistle. And it was it was absolutely brilliant. It was really, really, it was really, really good. It wasn't something that I ever thought I would enjoy or get anything mm. out of. But uh, it, it, it really was... Uh, Kind of going back to what you were saying there at the start, if you can give that experience to someone else, it's far better than experiencing it yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, all those stories are super inspiring. And a, I think a lot of teachers and musicians, almost all of them want to do that sort of stuff, but they're, they're struggling and they yeah. need someone like you to help them with their career and to, uh, you know, like when you're on the airplane, they say, hey, put your oxygen mask on first before helping others. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love to be generous. I'd love to give money away. But the answer to be able to do that is having a profitable business that that can come out of. And mm, um, of so, yeah, yeah, the more that you're able to earn, the more you are able to give. And it is actually the most exciting yeah, thing. People don't believe you, but I think it is. Yeah. And then along, alongside that, then, did you have to like sort of transition? Transition? I couldn't think of the word <laughs> transition half an hour ago. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so did you have to... Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You know yourself, at this hour of the morning, you're kind of going loopy. But, um, so did you sort of have to transition then from being uh, an education supplier 
basically to uh, a, a, a charity and have all the things that come along with a charity. So like uh, a fundraising team, for example, uh, I'd imagine some sort of compliance because you would have had to be meeting certain criteria in order to be eligible for charitable status and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so we set up a separate entity. So we have the the for-profit business and then a separate charitable trust. And so uh, my school is called Good Time Music Academy. So you have Good Time Music Academy Limited, the business, and then the Good yep. Time Foundation. And they're total separate ent- entities, which, yeah, there's a lot of, like, you know, details and stuff of how it works and agreements yeah. and legal things. Um, and, and I lay out mm. literally everything for that. And that's in Module 8 in our library. So literally everything right. that built us, you know, this massive music school generating, you know, seven figures plus a year everything that i have to give is available you can go get it for free um so you got a free seven day trial buildmusicschool.com you know take whatever you need if that's your thing you want to work on but we show you how to start small you're not going to jump straight into raising i think the trust has raised over a million dollars now um you're not going to pull that off next week it's going to take time we show you how to start from the bottom with that because the great thing is there's so many people out there that want to give money so you don't actually have to do everything for free um yeah so much money to be to be found of generous people out there yeah as you say bullets not cannonballs yeah 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 start small and let it let it build um yeah, but you've you've got to have a vision of what you want to do, who you want to help. You've got to be passionate about it. And if you've got that vision, the provision will follow. Very good. Very good. Um, right. Okay, cool. It's usually at this point that I would ask, uh, Johnny, is there is there anything that, that, that you're working on at the moment that you're kind of wanting to push or like what what's what's next for you? Um, yeah, so a couple things. So I'm running buildamusicschool.com. We've got an amazing team there of um, experienced music school owners that have done big things. And so we're all there to help you no matter what level you're at, whether you've got you know five students or 500, uh, that's a place that you want to be. Uh, cool thing we just did recently that you can see at our YouTube channel is we just hosted our first ever conference. Um, our community is called the BAM Squad, Build a Music School Squad, and we held a conference here in New Zealand, and so we had about 40, 50 people came from all over the world, so you can see the footage of that oh, cool. and um, check that out. So that's something you may want to think about coming along to next time. So, you know, get on our email list. There's heaps of free resources on our website. Um, we we know that um, it's a long journey to build a successful teaching business. We help everyone at every stage. Um, So no matter where you're at, we have stuff that will blow your mind that you can come and grab for free and hopefully you'll stick around and um, yeah, enjoy it. And we'll be there for the long haul to help you out. Yeah, well, if, if if this past hour's worth of a conversation hasn't blown your mind, then I don't know what will blow your mind. Um, so yeah, that that's been fantastic. Before before we finish up, Johnny, let's jump into uh, a quick fire round of. As I always explain this, this is kind of like icebreakers at the end. Okay, just because, just why not? It's just a bit of crack. So one I heard on. Um, yeah, one I heard on my favorite podcast uh, today, the Two Johnnies podcast, was. Um, what is your favorite meal deal? <laughs> That's good. Oh, mate, it's got to be like the lunchtime curry, you know, uh, butter chicken, garlic naan, rice for, you know, I don't know what the price is now, but yeah. that's a great deal when I'm popping into town. Yes, that's the job. We don't have that here. 
We don't have that. We don't. You don't get a lunchtime curry. That that that's like that's quite oh, fancy. Yeah, it's it's great. Fantastic. What is your favorite type of shoe? Oh man, I'm one of these people that should dress better because I just don't care about clothes. So whatever I'm wearing now, they're just like just normal regular shoes. I'm going to take them off and show the camera. Do you post this on YouTube? Oh, yeah, yeah, come on, I really want to see this. Hey, just there's one of these hush puppies. They're comfortable. There you go. Hush, more practical. I like it. On 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 that same thought. Now this wasn't written down. This has just came to mind, and I'll tell you why yeah, in a second. It. Have you got? Have you got a particular type of drumming shoe? No, no. I just whatever I'm you wearing. You don't. You just whatever you're wearing. The reason I ask is because I play an instrument called a farmer foot drum. Have you ever come across one? No. Tell me more. Oh, you are in for a world of fun. Now, I can't show you because it is the heaviest thing on earth, but it is a self-contained drum kit that you play with your feet while playing guitar and and stuff. So you're like a one-man band. So it's kick drum, snare drum, hi-hats. Um, I've got a tom. I've got a crash cymbal. There's a guy called the... Oh, my God. Just one guy, Mark Smith. He's in America. I know he listens. How are you, Mark? And he has an 18 pedal foot drum that he built and he has literally every single thing wow. and the reason I ask about about the the drumming shoe is because I one time tried to play at a wedding in shoes that were pointy oh, yeah. and if you're if you're kicking and stuff and there's like so I'm trying to exp- if anyone listening to this is going to think that I'm mental but um so in order to get the 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 crash symbol the crash symbol is on what's called like a toe post so you've got your kick drum here and then like a little toe post to to that that strikes a a, a it it operates a yeah. stick that then strikes the symbol it's sort of out and every time I had the the kind of dress shoes on because I was trying to look the part I was yeah. at a wedding and every time I went to kick the crash I was tripping so I'm sitting so I was sitting down but I was like kind of tripping over the toe yeah. post so it was an absolute complete and utter nightmare and I vowed never again to be wearing shoes and so now the test of shoes for me is whether or not I can play drums in them yeah well that's a good test and I've yeah I've, I've um played with pointy shoes before and realized no I'm never doing that again or really slippery soles so yeah yeah there we go. Okay. There you go. It's a it's a bad band. But yeah. So if uh, in fact I had the inventor of uh, the farmer foot drum on the podcast, Pete Farmer. Uh, go and listen to his episode. As a drummer, you will love it. And go and Google farmer foot drums. I'm going to do that. Endless, it sounds amazing. Endless fun. Endless fun. I promise you. It's a rabbit hole. You're going to want to go down. You're going to get nothing done now for the rest <laughs> of the day. I know you've got the whole day ahead of you in New Zealand. <laughs> Not anymore. You don't. Uh, Grant, let's let's let, 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 let's do yeah, a couple more. What is the funniest? What is the funniest joke that you know? The funniest joke I've heard is, uh, um, actually, is he from Scotland? Billy Connolly? Is he from Scotland? He is indeed. He's from, he's from I Glasgow. Like, you might have to look it up on YouTube to have him tell it better, and I don't want to ruin it, but um, look up his story about the dwarf on the bus. I don't want to give away the punchline. Okay. That's the funniest story I've ever heard. I think that's hilarious. Dwarf from the bus. Okay, I'm going to take a note of that because once I go inside now, I'm not going to fall asleep straight yeah. away. So I'm going to have a look at a dwarf on And all bus, respect to the, to uh, the little people family. community. Um, and, and dwarf is probably derogatory now. I, I can't keep up with the wokeness, but uh, uh, that, that story is is very funny. Oh, I don't know why. I, oh God, this is this, this this is getting into dodgy territory. I was going to say, what do you call them? And I don't even know if that's if that sounds terrible. Yeah, we're probably we're I probably not the the podcast to decide that for the world. But uh, no, 
No, but that's well, well. Look for for better or worse, that's the pair of us just been cancelled yeah, yeah. anyway. So, but anyway, <laughs> let's let's move away from that really quick. Let's do uh, let's do let's do two more. We'll do one more kind of half serious one, and then one just for the crack. So, if you could live in any era, what era would you choose? So any time in history, it can be today, it can be tomorrow, it can be a million years ago. Um, I I like I like the era we're in now. I would. My my best memories are like the the two thousands where like social media hasn't taken off, but and everyone goes out to gig. Uh, yeah. uh, everyone goes out to gigs every weekend and dances and has fun. Yeah. Whereas um, that's changed. So I would I would want to relive my punk oh. rock days, playing shows every weekend where people actually show up and they they're watching and dancing and not on their cell phones. Yes, and enjoying yeah. it. And enjoying the game, actually enjoying being out playing and stuff yeah. like that. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. That that's real. I've I've not had that answer yeah. yet. That's just that that's gotten me right in the feelings. Um, and let's finish on a, a truly wholesome question. What celebrity would you like to fight? <laughs> so good. Um, <laughs> I've never been in a fight in my whole life, so um. I, I would I would have to pick someone that I thought that I could win against. And... I, 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 always, I always like kind of clarify this. You don't have to dislike them. You could just be like it, it like 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 I was saying earlier on. Someone said Christopher Walken yeah, yeah. because imagine the, imagine him like trash talking you and like trying to talk you out of like fight. I can't even do yeah, it Christopher yeah. Walken, but you know he's these that. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh man, it's um. I think I'd just have to um, go with uh, Brad Pitt and and try win and feel like I had some sort of you know amazing moment where I took down the 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 lead actor from Fight Club, but he would kick my he would I kick think my butt. Uh, nah I I think you could do it I think you could do it. I think you could absolutely uh, you, you you could hammer him Did you see that Did you see that film Once Upon a Time in oh, Hollywood yes. where he picks up Bruce Lee and launches Oh so good Yeah yeah <laughs> Well you you see if you can set the fight up and um, and I'll be there. Here, Brad, if you're listening, yeah. the show, we'll sort yeah. it out. Johnny's after calling you out. Step out for belts. <laughs> uh, Johnny, just in case people didn't catch um, earlier on where they can where they can find you online, promote Everton, tell people where they can get in touch with you. Yeah, so check us out, buildamusicschool.com. Uh, we've got the Build a Music School Facebook page and YouTube channel. Uh, there's just so much awesome free stuff there. Just grab the free stuff if you're a tight, stingy musician. But if you know that you need to invest and... Um, take steps forward in your career like every dollar that you use towards things that we help you out with is going to come back tenfold johnny it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thanks very much you're welcome thanks for having me that was the music career show thank you for listening don't forget to subscribe leave a review and tell your friends about the music career show